welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. God, we love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Stay standing with me, if you would, for a moment. Stay standing. So glad you're here on this November the 10th, 2019 I want to welcome you on behalf of Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila, Pastor Josh, who are in Israel right now on the Holy Land Experience Tour. And uh, they send their love. They wanted me to greet you and say they can't be, wait to be back with you this next weekend. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but you guys got to put up with me today. So it's going to be awesome. Hopefully you're excited. Let me, uh, let me pray over you right now. Let's ask God to help us this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for this day that we are alive. Let's just take a moment. Everybody just say, thank you, Jesus. That we're alive. Our heart is beating. Blood is going through our veins. We have the rightness of mind. We have clarity of thought. We are in the house of God. Just like Pastor Keith prayed for me this morning, that when the tires would hit the parking lot, miracles would begin to happen. God, we thank you, Lord, that miracles right now have already happened and are happening God, you're not a God that would be a perhaps God, a maybe God, hopefully it works out, but you're a God that is right now type of God, in this moment type of God. I thank you, Lord, for every single person here today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let me hide behind the cross that every ounce of glory goes to Jesus, because without him, I am nothing, and without him, we have nothing. God, I realize that with him, I have everything. Without him, I don't know anything. And God, we ask you to help us know what we need to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. You may be seated, elevate. So glad you're here. Very excited to be able to bring the word this morning. Thank you again to Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila and Pastor Josh for trusting me. Um, I know I look a little different. I'm a little shorter. (laughs) and uh, maybe a little rounder, but that's okay. Just had some blood work done, went to the doctor. She said, hey, let's do your BMI. She looked at me. She was very kind. She said, "Uh, hey, does obesity run your family? And I said, "Uh, no, nobody runs in my family. So thank you so much. (laughs) She said, God bless you. So it's a joke, folks, jokes. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's laugh. Okay, it's going to be a good Sunday. Come on, it's going to be a good Sunday. Come on, it's Sunday. Okay. Now that we made you feel comfortable and I got my short pants on, it's for a message this morning. Just, it's for the message. You'll just, not trying to show my ankles off. I'm just, even though they're pretty good looking. Okay, here we go. Let's dive in. All right, so uh, we're in this series called The Missing Piece. The title of my message this morning is I'm Still Standing. How many are grateful you're still standing this morning? Yes, I love the 11 o'clock. There's energy in the 11. The Bible says in Psalms 124 verse 1, if it had not been for God who was on my side, where would I be? How many are grateful that you're in the house of God this morning? God is on your side. He's with you. You are loved. You are cherished. You are God's favorite this morning. I hope you believe that. The missing piece. There was a a king, as his story would go on, he had this contest. Who could paint 
the greatest picture of peace. Hundreds and hundreds of artists came and they presented their picture. About a thousand pictures were painted, but the king had narrowed it down to two different pictures. The first picture was a picture of a lake, mountains in the background, nice, beautiful trees. The water was calm. It looked like glass. It looked like a mirror. This right here, most of his people that were in his chamber said, this right here, king, is the perfect picture of peace. As they looked at it, they said, no, this is the winner. But then the king picked a second picture. It's not the same as the picture of a lake, but in this picture is water, but it looks a little different. In this picture is a mountain, but it's a little bit different. And he said, this is another picture of peace. And it was confusing to some of the men that were in his chamber. They said, sir, we don't understand. This doesn't look like peace. He goes, just give me a second. As he zoomed in on this picture, he saw this bird. Nest had been built inside this mountain, resting in perfect peace. But then he said, I want you to see something else. Matter of fact, the guy that actually painted this painting in 1996, his name is Jack Dawson. He put a couple different images in this picture. He put an image out front of this picture with a silhouette of Christ's face, looking at the storm, being our first person to help us get through whatever we need to get through. Then he painted another Uh, another silhouette in here, the picture of an enemy always trying to attack our peace. But then there's hope. Inside the enemy was a picture or a silhouette of a cross, letting the enemy know that he's already been defeated, that Christ has already won. Now here's the thought this morning. Here's the thought. That doesn't look very peaceful once you look at it just from a natural eye, but when you start looking at the certain things in that picture. And here's what the king did. He picked that picture and he said this. He said, peace doesn't mean that there's no noise, no pain, no hardship. Peace means this, that in the midst of the storm, there's peace on the inside. I think it's so powerful. We're talking about this series called The Missing Peace. Jesus says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got hope this morning. We've got hope this morning. Hebrews chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how hard your week has been. I don't know what the family dynamics are. I don't know what the trials are. I don't know what the hardship is, the roadblocks, the speed bumps, whatever you want to call it. All I know is we have hope in God and he's a good God and he's faithful and he's always on time. He never lets us down. He's always there for us. I love what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. This has been our core scripture. Now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly all we ask or think according to his plan, according to his promises. He's a good God. You know, it's so amazing to me that in this whole message this morning, I really thought about this title. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I think that's so powerful to keep on standing in the midst of whatever storm you're facing. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is found in Isaiah chapter 43, verses one through five. If you would, just let me read this to you. Here's here's the heart behind the message this morning. I pray that your faith is encouraged. I pray that you leave here built up knowing that God is for you. If you remember anything in the message this morning, remember this, that God is for you and he loves you and you are his best. You are his chosen. You are the one and only that he died on the cross for. He loves you so, so much. So if you remember anything, remember that God is with you. Here it is, Isaiah chapter 43, verse one through five. 
I love this. It says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I will save you. I've called you by name. You are mine. I'm grateful that God knows my name. How many are grateful that God knows your name this morning? He knows your name. He knows everything you're going through. Verse two, when you pass through deep waters, we've been through some stuff that's been deep before in our lives. If you've lived any type of life, it's been pretty deep. I love that. He, when you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you, thank God. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. Come on, when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. Just like God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, God's gonna be with you. Okay, some of y'all are like, what? Okay, here we go. You will not be burned. The hard trials will come, but they won't hurt you. You might face some opposition. You might face a storm, but it will not hurt you. This is good news for somebody. Verse three, for I am your, Lord, I am your, your God, the holy God of Israel who saves you. I have given up Egypt to set you free. Verse four, I will give up whole nations to save your life. Come on, that's powerful. Because you are precious to me and because I love you and give you honor. Verse five, do not be afraid, I am with you. I think this is so powerful. You know, I was thinking about the Missing Peace series. I was reading this magazine, a popular mechanic magazine. It was talking about engines. They're re trying to recreate this engine. But I was thinking about this engine, you know, just a good old 350 muscle engine, you know, good old American muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not talking like, you know, fast and furious. I'm talking like, you know, something that drag strip kind of muscle. And I was thinking about this. You can have a 350 engine, but the 350 engine is no good without a frame to sit on the engine. You gotta have a frame in order to have a 350, but you can have an engine, you can have the frame, but if you ain't got some rims for the frame, you ain't going nowhere. But not just do you need some rims, you need some tires. But how do you hold on to the tires onto the frame? You're gonna need some lug nuts. Well, you can have the engine, you can have the frame, you can have the rims, you can have the tires, you can have the lug nuts, but you're gonna to have to have something else to sit on. You're gonna to have to have a chair to sit in. But you can't just sit in the frame and the chair and not have anything to steer with, you're gonna to have to have a steering wheel. So you need an engine, you need a frame, you need rims, you need tires, you need lug nuts, you need a seat, you need a steering wheel, and then you need the, basically the whole car. But you can have the whole car, but if you ain't got no gas in the car, you ain't going nowhere. So you can have a 350 engine, you can have the whole car, but you ain't gonna go nowhere without some gas, maybe you say petrol, however you need to say it, you're gonna need something to give that thing something to go. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can have all the money your hearts desire. You can live in the kind of home that you wanna live in. You can drive whatever you wanna drive. You can have a million Instagram plus followers on Instagram and be famous. But if you ain't got Jesus Christ, you ain't got nothing. You can, you can have everything. You can have everything your hearts desire. But if you ain't got the one thing that fits in here just right, you ain't got nothing. You got a car with no gas. You got an engine with no frame. You got some rims with no tires. Catch me riding dirty. No, not today. Here's the deal. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Keith, I love you. <laughs> There's a story that I read a few years ago and I've always kept it with me. It's a story of a ship in the 1800s, late 1800s, a ship was in a massive storm in the middle of the sea. 
And one of the loud sounds the captain heard, and all of a sudden he knew exactly what it was, and some of the, and some of the deckhands knew exactly what it was. A cannon on the lower decks had became uh, unstrapped, and the cannon now was going back and forth on the side of the ship. Immediately, these guys, they ran downstairs, literally risking their life trying to strap down this cannon because they knew if they did not strap the cannon, it wasn't going to be the storm that took them out. It was going to be the cannon that punched a, punched a hole through the side of the ship that the ship would be at the bottom of the sea. Here's what I'm trying to say. It's not the storms that we go through in life that take us out. It's what's on the inside, the belief, the lack of belief, the doubt, the fear, the stress, the anxiety, all that stuff that can be going back and forth, back and forth. And next thing you know, if we're not careful, it will punch a hole in the side of the ship and we'll be at the bottom of the sea. That's why we got to get a hold of our emotions. When we go through storms, when we face hardship, we got to get a hold of ourselves. We got to watch the words that we speak. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, if I'm in a storm, if I'm facing something difficult and all I'm doing is speaking death, my storm is not going to be good for me. But if I start speaking life, well, guess what? It doesn't look good. Listen to this. Just because you're under doesn't mean you're over. Just because you're under doesn't mean it's over for your life. Go ahead and talk bad about me. I'm still standing. Go ahead. I lost my job. I'm still standing. My finances are not doing too well. I'm still standing. Hey, my wife just left me. I'm still standing. My husband's not doing right. I'm still standing. My kids are not living for God, but I'm still standing. I got a bad report, but I'm still standing. I'm trusting God today because my hope is not in what's around here. My hope is in who's in here. I got to be bigger on the outside than I am on the outside. And so many times we're trying to project something on the outside that we're strong. But when the inside is weak, the reality is we're weak. So many times we allow the circumstances dictate our faith when really we need to just trust God. Proverbs chapter three, five, and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say some of your heart it says all of your heart. Lean not to your own ways, your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I'm going through this storm right now, but it starts with the inside. I've got to control this emotional self. Okay, what am I going to say? What words are going to come out of my mouth? When I do get a bad report, am I going to speak doom? Am I going to speak gloom? Am I going to go ahead and speak death over myself? Or am I just going to stand? No, I'm trusting God right now. I'm believing that God is with me. According to Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, the Bible says that God will never leave me nor forsake me. God is for me right now. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into him. Man, I'm going to the tower. I'm going to that place that's a rock. You know, you know in Matthew chapter seven, the story Jesus used the parable about a man, about two guys who built two different homes. One built his home on a rock, one built his home on sandy foundation. The same storm came and attacked both homes, but the one that was on the rock stood, but the one that was on the sand was washed away because the foundation was weak. I can't build my foundation on what I think or what I know. I gotta build my foundation on who he says I am and who he says he is. Because once I know who he is, I can do anything with my life. I can do all things, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, through Christ who strengthens me. Let's get into the word this morning. If you have your Bible, we're gonna to go to Mark. Mark chapter four. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, three of the gospels tell this story. I think this story is so powerful. I've actually never shared this story before because 
I've heard it shared so many different times growing up as a kid in church, but then as I was studying this story, I just, I felt like I got some new revelation, so hopefully it's revelation for you, maybe it's not, no problem. Matthew chapter eight tells the account of this story. Luke chapter eight tells the account of this story, but we're gonna look at Mark and how Mark describes this story. It's a story of a storm. But let me just tell you and stop and say this. No matter what storm you're in, Jesus is the master and the commander of every storm. Let me just stop you and say this. Jesus is the master and the commander of every storm. Every storm. Verse 35, later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side. Let me just stop. I'm gonna go verse by verse, seven verses, and we're gonna be done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go, and uh, we're gonna pray, and it's gonna be over. But I really want you to tune in to these next seven verses. Listen to this. 35, later that day, it grew dark. Jesus said to his disciples, how many disciples, 12 guys, are rolling with Jesus? He's 12 deep. Let us cross over to the other side. Whose idea was it to cross the lake? Jesus' idea. So go ahead and understand that. Before we even get to the meat of the story, understand that it was God's idea to cross to the other side. So before we even get into the story, understand it was God's idea to get into the boat and go to the other side. Verse 36, after he had sent the crowd away, Jesus has been preaching. He's fed the 5,000. He sent the crowd away. He shoved off from shore with him, and he was teaching from the boats. But then there were other boats with him. Something to think about, other boats that were with Jesus. Verse 37, suddenly, as they were crossing the Lake of Galilee. Now listen to this. The Lake of Galilee is 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. There's 10,000-foot 10 10, altitude mountains on one side and some really small hills on the other side. And what happens is this lake is a fresh body water lake. That means from Mount Hernan, which is a little bit way back, 10,000 feet up in the air, it fills this natural spring filling up Lake Galilee. So you got to understand this. Some massive, massive storms can take place in the Sea of Galilee because you have really cold altitude and you have really warm altitude. When they both collide, you got a mess. Verse 37, suddenly they were crossing the lake. A fierce tempest arose, a violent storm, hurricane winds. The waves were crashing into the boat until it was almost swamped. Now you might not know this, but out of the 12 disciples, Seven, seven of them, according to theologians and Bible scholars, seven of them were professional fishermen. So you had seven professional fishermen in this boat. Now, I know I'm gonna get somewhere, just bear with me for a second. I normally don't teach, I just scream the whole time, but just, okay, I'm trying to teach right now. So here they are in this boat, seven professional fishermen, five guys that are just novice, Jesus is in the boat. All of a sudden, this storm arose. It's swamping the boat. It's taking over the boat. This is what I love, verse 38. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, the back of the boat, resting on a pillow. Catch that. Jesus is in the midst of the storm with his 12 disciples. He's sleeping on a pillow in the back of the boat. Now, the Bible says that the boat was being swamped by water. 
So that means these guys were literally shoving this water out as fast as they could with buckets. Let's move on. Some of you are looking at me crazy. Here it is, verse 39. So they shook Jesus. Before you shake somebody, you probably call their name a little bit. I know my wife has done that to me. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. And then you have to like, she has to like WWE, you know, elbow drop from the top to wake me up. But here's the deal. So the disciples are here. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, don't mean to bother you, but we're in a storm right now. So immediately, Jesus is not hearing them. But let me just tell you something. Jesus is all man, yet he's all God. So he already knew what was going on. He was in control. He was in control from the very beginning because it was his idea to cross the sea anyways. So they don't need a frantic. They don't need a panic. They don't need to get all twisted up in the game. They just need to sit back, do their job. They're professionals. But they're getting all twisted up. So then they walk over and they shake Jesus. Jesus, master, don't you care? We're about to go under. Let me just tell you something. You wake me up like that, you might catch some hands. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. Just, I'm a Christian. God bless you. Love you guys. It's a joke, guys. But I'm saying you got to be careful waking somebody up like that. You don't know. Flashback, G.I. Joe days. What's up? You know what I'm saying? Transformers, I got you. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to transform some. Okay, here's the deal. So... I don't know what's happening. Just stay with me, folks. It's a Bible story, Jeremy. Come on. So here it is. All of a sudden, they wake Jesus. Jesus jumps up. He jumps up, and he starts looking at the 12. Huh. He walks to the front of the boat, and he says, peace, be still. Immediately, the waves stop. It became like glass on the sea. The lightning stopped, the thunder stopped, the clouds were rolled back. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at his 12 disciples and says, where is your faith? Now think about this for a moment. This is a question this morning. Where is your faith? These men had walked with Jesus. These men had been with Jesus when he raised Lazarus up from the dead. Lazarus was in his grave clothes. And Jesus rolled back the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus, all wrapped up in his grave, tomb, grave clothes. And he walks out and he came back to life. Jesus, Jesus did that. These men had seen miracles. They seen where the man, where Jesus said, take mud and put it on your eyes. And the man took the mud and put it on his eyes and he wiped his eyes and now he could see. But these men somehow forgot who Jesus was. See, this was above their pay grade. They had never tempted to cross sea at this magnitude of a storm. I wonder how many times we try to do it on our own merit. How many times do we try to figure it out, pen to paper? How many times do we try to calculate it? How many times do we just try to, oh, let me just do it. I love what Psalm says. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the, in the presence of my enemies. Hey, God is with me. You have nothing to worry about. Who is in the boat right now? Christ is in the boat. Whose idea was it to cross the other side? Jesus' idea. Why do we freak out when things happen to us? Why do we panic when we feel like there's a resistance or we get a bad report or something negative happens to us? Why do we immediately panic? Because it's human nature. It's human nature to let fear sit in. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
Once fear sets in, then what happens? Frustration sets in. And then there's a sense of failure. Because see, we as humans, we like to be in control. We like to know what we can control. But this journey as a Christian, let me just remind you, it's a faith journey. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, I walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the righteous shall live by faith. Oh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is not a sight journey. This is a faith journey. And faith is only cultivated in the midst of the storm. No one gets faith on top of the mountain. You got to go through the valley to get to the top of the mountain. That's where faith is cultivated. So I can't get twisted up and get all messed up when the storms around me are raging and roaring and the lightning is crashing and the thunder is set. I can't get all messed up. I just got to trust God. I just got to trust him. This whole story is simple. It's about trusting God in the midst of whatever you're going through. Matthew chapter 20, verse 18, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. We got to trust God in every circumstance. I know y'all thought this morning, I didn't bring no props, but I brought a prop. The Bible says in Psalms 34, 8, it says, trust, excuse me, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in him or takes refuge in God. Now, let me just let you know something. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The word taste and see means, it means try and experience. Let's try something. I got a little Hershey bar here this morning. Let's just try this. As y'all know, I'm a professional chocolate eater. Takes one to know one, you know what I'm saying? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusts in him. Try and experience. That's good, man. Try and experience. Oh, there's a, another size. Mm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's good. There's another size. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who puts their trust in him, who takes refuge in God. That's good. Oh, my bad. There's another size. Just stay with me now. Mm. Taste and see. I'm tasting all right. That the Lord is good. That's good. Oh, just another size. Mm. Giant. Okay. Mm. Wow, that's a lot of sugar. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
try and experience. Oh, hold on. Let me just get this man right here. Oh, I'm going for it. You ain't got to worry about that, bro. You ain't getting 270 by watching it. And I ain't no Steve 270. I'm a different size 270, Steve. Taste and see that the Lord, you're going to get the point here in just a second. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Try and experience. Watch out for those dentures. Mm. Taste and see. Just give me a second. I'm going to be right back. Oh, y'all know it's coming. Oh, excuse me, guys. Yeah, it's, pardon me. Yeah, I got to get this from Go ahead. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in him. Go ahead, taste and see. You better shout, God is good. But you better try and you better experience it. Because no matter what storm you go through, I got those fat sweats, man. My God, I ain't had sugar in six weeks. Whew. I'm good, folks. Taste and see. I'm seeing something right now. The whole point of the message this morning is this. We got to trust God. Because once you trust God, it gets easier and easier. But so many times we doubt. The disciples doubted Jesus in the boat in the midst of the storm. It's crazy to me how they would doubt Jesus. It was Jesus' idea to go to the other side. Matter of fact, the boat can't go down with Jesus in it or we don't have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus came to fulfill the Father's will. So if the boat went down with Jesus in it, the Father's will would not have been fulfilled. So here's the whole deal. The storm was to test their faith to see if they still believed in who he was. See, it's easy to believe when you see the miracles with your own eyes. It's easy to believe when someone gives you a testimony that God healed them of certain disease. It's easy to believe, but when you're in the storm and you're going through it and all hell is breaking loose and you ain't got nobody cheering you on, you ain't got no one in your corner and you're all by yourself and you're crying at night and you're up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, stressed out, full of anxiety, trying to figure it all out, trying to put pen to paper. Let me just tell you something. That's when you know who you're serving. Because so many times we think we're serving God, but I wonder if we really are serving God. See, I found myself in 2007, 2008, I found myself traveling full time as a school speaker speaking to high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. And I was in a flight from Atlanta, Georgia to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I found myself at 30,000 feet in the air. And let me just tell you something. When I get on a plane, I don't like riding in planes, but I flew in planes my whole life, it seems like. But there's one seat that I prefer that I must have, and that's that aisle seat. Because that aisle seat, you know, you can stretch out a little bit. 
You can put your knee out. Be careful. Go ahead and put your knee out. And if you ain't aware of that cart, that cart will take your kneecap off and you will walk with a limp. Be careful now. Now that's the, that's the seat I like. I like the aisle seat because I know how to push that little button underneath that armrest and pop it up and go ahead and stretch out. And then when that flight attendant comes, I just act like there's an armrest there. And then she walks by and I can stretch out. The second seat that you need to sit in sometimes if you have to is the window seat. The only thing about the window seat is you won't get off the plane like this. Like, hey guys, how you doing, man? God bless you. Yeah, good to see y'all. Because of the window. Now what is hell on earth is the middle seat. Because now you have two enemies, one on your left and one on your right. And for some reason, we that sit in the window or the aisle, we own the armrests. You have no authority, no power. You booked your flight late. Sorry. Middle seat only for you. So now you're sitting here like this. Hey guys, how you doing? Miserable. Trying to read a book. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta turn the page. <laughs> Terrible. I don't know what I'm saying, but just stay with me for a second. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. Got on this plane. I know what I was saying. Got on this plane, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling stress. I love God. I serve God. I'm putting God first with my life. I'm on my way to speak in all these schools in Raleigh, North Carolina, and at 30,000 feet in the air, I started crying. I'm sitting here, and I am started crying. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I know what it was now. It was a full-on panic attack. I felt like my heart was getting ready to explode. I'm literally, literally crying. I'm, I feel like everything's falling apart around me. I feel like my whole world's falling apart. I love God. I serve God. I'm giving God my life. I'm, 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 I'm giving him my, my, my whole life to serve him. And I found myself on the plane crying. The steward had asked me what was wrong. I said, I'm dying. That's why I told her. I didn't know what else to say. I'm a young man. I, I, I mean, I was in pretty good health back then. And, and I felt like <laughs> I, I, I was okay, but... Everything on the inside of me was breaking down. Because what I was trying to do was trying to taste and see with my own ability. Found myself getting on that air, off that airplane, being put on a stretcher, going from a stretcher to an ambulance to the Raleigh Heart, North Carolina Hospital. I walked into the emergency room. They pushed me right into the ER immediately. They began to do an echogram and x-rays and blood work and everything else they could think of. And I was, my blood pressure was very high. And I said, I'm dying. I'm crying. No one around all by myself. In a moment of panic, I stopped trusting in God in certain situations because I thought I could control the situation. After spending 14 hours in the hospital, the doctor came in who was the number one heart doctor of this hospital. He came in and he goes, Mr. Baker, I'm here to tell you, everything's okay. You just need to calm down and slow down. I had run for 38 weeks in a row, speaking and traveling. I had not taken a break and I had run so hard that I found myself at the rock bottom of my life thinking that I could do it myself, realizing it doesn't mean I didn't love God. It didn't mean I didn't serve God. It just, it meant that I had not put God really where he needed to be in my life in the midst of the storm. So here's what I'm saying. I'm talking to you and I'm being vulnerable with you this morning. And I'm opening up just a little bit. 
Because here's what I'm saying. It can happen to any one of us. As long as we trust in God, he is our strength. He is our hope. He is our refuge. I close with this story this morning. I think this is pretty powerful. At the Pan American Expo in 1901 in Buffalo, New York, the World Fair, it was September the 6th. A man was shot twice. He was dying. They brought him into the tent, at the medical tent, with a little bit of medical knowledge back then. They took him under. They were able to remove one bullet, but because the man was a larger, older man, they could not find the second bullet. They closed him up. With the anesthesia of the day, they could not keep him under longer or he would die. They awakened him knowing that there was still a bullet inside. Knowing without getting the second bullet out, bacteria, gangrene would set in and the man would eventually die. That's exactly what happened. Eight days later, this time, this man was the president of the United States, President William McKinley. He died eight days later. But what they did not know at the Pan American Expo, the World Fair, was just two tents away from the first aid tent was the first functioning x-ray machine that could have been used to locate the second bullet and save the man's life who died eight days later. Here's what I'm trying to say. If we don't wake up and recognize when we're going through the storm that Christ is in the boat, we will miss some things that God wants us to miss. We need to recognize that Jesus is with us no matter wherever we go. He gives us a promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's a good God, he's faithful. I love this, NATO. NATO has a, a treaty, there's 29 different countries in NATO. And in NATO, let me read this to you. There's a treaty that 29 countries signed. It's a document, it's a covenant, it's a key treaty. The part I wanna to read to you is this, it says this, the parties of NATO agree that an army attacked against one or more of the Europe or North American shall be considered attack against them all. In other words, you cannot attack the United Kingdom by itself. An attack on the United Kingdom is an attack on NATO. And the 20 other non, 28 other countries will and retaliate and defend that one country. Here's the promise this morning. As a Christian, as a believer, when we open the door of our heart and we give our life to Jesus Christ, we sign contracts with God. That whenever the enemy tries to attack us, he's just not attacking me, but he, guess what? He's just not gonna attack me, but he's also gonna get this whole army in this church, Christians, believers around the world, to stand in the fight against the enemy. So if he attacks me, he's attacking you. If he attacks you, he's attacking them. If he attacks them, they will defend you. And that's what the body of Christ needs to be. When we go through the storms of life, we defend each other. We fight for each other. We stand with each other. Hey, watch. A few months ago, my car, you can stay standing. I'm gonna close in prayer. My car wouldn't start. My wife's car wouldn't start. And I thought it was a battery. And when I pulled my car next to it, I realized it was a battery. So I took out some jumper cables. I put the jumper cables on my battery that was fully charged. I took the jumper cables from my battery and I took it to the depleted battery and I put them on. As soon as I started revving my engine, the energy, the currency from this battery through this cable went into that battery. And immediately when my wife turned her key, the car started right up. 
Here's what I'm trying to say. When we encourage one another, there might be somebody that's depleted in their battery, but when we encourage one another, it's a transfer of currency. It's a transfer of power. When you're down, you will get back up. When you fall, you will rise. But you gotta believe it. You gotta believe it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God is faithful. Doesn't matter what we go through. Try and experience. He's good. Disciples, calm down. You're gonna make it to the other side. Why? Because Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Stop worrying about it. Why do we let fear and frustration and failure set in? Why do we allow the enemy to lie to us? Because once the enemy can get our peace, he gets a piece of us. And this is the idea that he has for us, that we would just live in fear, torment, torment in our minds, torment in our souls. We just let the enemy just keep beating us up. You're a loser, you're never gonna make it. You're never gonna mount anything. Remember when you were a child and all those kids, they made fun of you? Well, that's true. Now as an adult, you're carrying those. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Why? Who's your father? I'm not talking about your earthly father. I'm talking about your heavenly father. Man, I'm strong in the Lord. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. It says this, that, that, that I am strong in the Lord in the power of his might. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means he's gonna take care of everything. He leads me beside still waters, peaceful waters. There might be moments that the waters are crazy, but as I follow Christ, everything's gonna work out. He leads me beside still waters. He helps me. There's peace. When my family goes through something difficult, and every family will, we don't fret. We don't get all panicked. We say to ourselves, we're gonna trust God and we're still standing. I'm still standing on that bad report. I'm still standing believing God. A friend of mine passed away a few years ago right before I moved here. He was my best friend. I'll never forget what he said. He said, hey man, I got a win-win situation. God decides to heal me now, that's a win. God decides to take me home, that's a win. You know what, I never forgot that, Chuck. As long as I live, I'm walking through life. I got a win-win situation. <laughs> God is for me, who can be against me? I got a win-win situation. I got a win-win situation. I'm still standing, I'm still trusting God. It's gonna be okay. Let me close and pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, there's a lot of people going through stuff, and I understand. There's a lot of hardship. There might be some pain right now. You might be in the storm of, of pain. You might be in a storm of hardship. You might be in a, a, a storm of, of, of just chaos. There's all different types of storm, but I'm here to just bring good news to you that God is in the midst of the storm with you. He is on your boat and you ain't gotta worry. He loves you this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, with no one looking around just for a moment. If you're in this place and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never opened the door of your heart and asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and be your savior, I wanna give you an opportunity this morning. I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus because you can have everything in this world, but if you ain't got Christ, you ain't got nothing. 
Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to him except through the Son. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place this morning, you wanna give your life to Christ. You want that peace that I'm talking about. You wanna taste and see that the Lord is good. You wanna try and experience the God that I'm talking about. If that's you, I'm gonna give you an opportunity on a count of three just to slip your hand up and I'm gonna pray for you. You wanna know for sure that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. This is for you. There's peace in the midst of the storm. There's peace in the midst of the chaos. There's peace in the midst of the pain. There's peace in the midst of the hurt. There's peace in the midst of the betrayal. There's peace in the midst of whatever you're going through. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.